everybody, how's it going? This is Azrin, the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. I would like to talk about a few things today. The first one is an announcement. I would like to announce that I am currently hiring. I am looking for someone to join my team as a French tutor, as well as someone else to join my team as a Spanish tutor. If you speak both languages proficiently, then I'm open to hiring one person instead of hiring two. In other words, hiring one person who speaks French and Spanish. Ideally, this person should live in Calgary. Although for the French side of things, I would possibly consider someone who can teach online. It's not my preference, but I will consider it. On the Spanish side of things, I definitely need someone in Calgary. I have space currently to take on new students online, but in Calgary itself, boy, I'm stretched quite thin. I have one person at the moment who can teach in-person lessons. In fact, I have two others, but let's just say right now, it's not a great time for them to teach in-person lessons. So I really need someone who has the ability to teach in-person here in Calgary. So if you are interested, or if you think you'd know someone, feel free to reach out, send them my website, have them reach out to me, and I'd be more than happy to chat with them. Now, the main thing that I would like to talk about today is something that I believe will help everybody, or at least a lot of you. And this is a practical piece of advice that you can follow when you don't feel very motivated to study or practice your target language. I realized this quite recently, and it's been really helpful for me in with my language learning, but to be real with you, more with other elements of my life. And this is what I've been doing. I Every time I don't feel like doing something that I know in my mind that I probably should be doing, is I will ask myself, what should I be doing? What should I be doing? I'll ask myself that to start. What should I be doing at the moment? Should I be answering my emails because I have so many emails I don't want to answer? Should I be exercising at the moment? Should I be editing that page on my website that I've been procrastinating on for two weeks? Should I be, God, I don't know, should I be sending out some, and not some, should I be sending out an email newsletter? Should I be making a podcast? What should I be doing that I know I should be doing that I'm not doing? So that's a, that's a place to start. But that's not quite enough because we all know things that we should be doing. The next question is, what would I actually do? You have to find the intersection between what you should do and what you would actually do. Let me give you, let me give you an example. So one thing on my list that was on my list for quite some time was I had to make a customized study plan for two new students. And I was pushing it off because it seemed like a really difficult task. I make lots of customized study plans, but this one in particular was going to be a, was going to be quite the challenge due to the students' learning needs. And so I was procrastinating on this job. And so that was something I should do, but every time I thought about it, I thought to myself, there's no way that I would go and get that job done. So then what do you do? Well, because often the things you should be doing are things that actually have to get done, but you just don't want to do it or you don't feel like it, or it seems so, it seems like an unclimbable, unclimbable mountain. Well, this is what, here's a very practical thing that will work 
Well, I, I would say arguably for all of you, arguably for all of you, all of you. You have to take a look at the task and you have to say, what part of that task would I be willing to do? Let me say that again, nice and slow. What part of that task would I actually be willing to do? So in my case, when I look at that, those two students who I had, who I had to make a, a customized learning plan for, I definitely was not willing to sit down and make the whole learning plan. That wasn't happening and I kept procrastinating on it. Although when I, when I sat down and looked at it, here's what I was willing to do. When I asked myself honestly, I thought to myself, well, here's what I would be willing to do. I would be willing to write down what they have to learn. I would at least do that. I don't know how they're going to do it. I have no idea what resources they're going to use. There's so much more I would still have to figure out, but I can take eight minutes because that doesn't, I knew what they have to learn. I just didn't write it down and it was just swirling around in my mind. I thought to myself, well, I would sit down and write down, sit down and write down the topics that they should cover. That's something I would do. And so I started with that and that was it. And then I asked myself later, okay, what should I be doing? Well, I should be completing this entire learning plan. Thought to myself, that's not happening. What would I do? Well, I have these topics written down. Could I, I was, I'm talking, I was talking to myself, asking myself, would I be willing to find one resource for them to use for topic number one? Would I be, and I thought to myself, well, maybe no, that's too hard. Okay. Could I do one Google search to find a video for blah, blah, blah topic? Well, I could do one Google search. I could do that. Okay, let me do one. I would do one Google search. Okay, let me do one Google search. So that's what you have to do. Break whatever task you have that you're not doing and you know you should be doing what you have to do is you have to identify, you have to break that task down into the smallest, into the smallest possible steps and see what small step are you willing to actually take and take that little step. What would you actually do? And understand that it's probably going to be a small step. It very likely will not be a very big step, especially if it's something you're procrastinating on. So let's take this in a language learning direction. Let's say you, keep thinking to yourself that, man, I should be practicing more. I should be doing more. I'm not doing enough. Well, what should you do? Well, first time, first of all, I think you should actually quantify specifically, what does it mean that you should do more? What does that actually mean? Clarity leads to progress. Let me say that again. Clarity, clarity leads to progress. And in fact, maybe a better way to put this, clarity actually does something else. Clarity actually gives being clear and specific about what it means to say, I should do more. When you're more clear and specific with that statement, it sets up exact parameters for success and failure, which is scary. It's scary to have exact parameters for if you are succeeding or if you are failing. It's definitely very scary because now if you mess up, boy, you know you messed up. Whereas if you keep it vague, you don't know that you messed up. You did, but you don't know that you did. 
and you only realize that you messed up, well, you'll realize when you keep messing up over and 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 you keep messing up, right? And then eventually your mess ups have, your screw ups have all compiled into this big ball and then you have a massive screw up and now you realize, oh my God, I've screwed up. In other words, you can only hide screw ups. This is my opinion as of today, but I think that I think you can probably only hide screw ups for so long. Eventually they catch up to you. Now, of course, for languages, that's perhaps, perhaps for languages, if you're not dedicating the time and you're not being specific and you're being very vague, the negative consequences of doing so are not that grave. Meaning if you're doing that in other aspects of your life, you might have more serious consequences. If you're doing that, for instance, for your nutrition and what you eat, boy, that might have some far more serious consequences than doing that for languages. But it still will happen. You'll, you might have something like four, five, six years later, you realize, wow, I have not improved at all. I am basically at the same level as I was five years ago. Huh, what's going on? And you didn't realize it any sooner because you weren't clear about your parameters for, for what you should actually do. So sit down, this might take you an hour. Sit down and write down, what do I, what should I actually do? And here's what's gonna happen. You're probably gonna find you don't know. Let me say that, let me say that again you're probably going to find that you don't know what you should do. Isn't that interesting? Some of you might know what to do, but a lot of you might realize that, oh, I don't actually know. How much should I do? Should I do an hour of speaking? Should I do an, an hour of reading every day? Okay, what, what should I read? I, I don't know. And so when you sit down and think about that, a lot of you are gonna realize you don't even know what to be, what to do. That might be a little bit distressing, but I have good news. I have excellent news for you. This is what I do all day, every day with language learners, and I do it for free. Just connect with me. I will help you figure out what you should do. And it will be very clear what you should do. Crystal clear. You'll have a very clear idea of what to do. <laughs> That's what I do when I talk to someone for the first time, and I have an initial consultation with them. Fun little side fact. I had, a, I had an initial consultation with another business for... Uh, taking language lessons with them. It was so interesting that their initial consultation was one form of a sales pitch, which I found quite fascinating. My consultations, in a way, are a sales pitch, but not really. They're a sales pitch in the sense that I will tell you that, hey, if you want to work with me, here's the prices, here's what we can do, here's how I can help. But that's the last, like, I don't know, eight minutes. The first 40 minutes or 35 minutes or 50 minutes, depends on how long the consultation is, is all about like, hey, what are you working on? So, okay, how can we, how can I help with that? Let's figure this out. Oh, you're trying to make a study plan. Okay, well, how do you spend your time now? What language are you learning? Oh, that's interesting. And just talking to you and trying to help you figure it out. Um, and so I, I'm more than happy to help you figure it out because I do it all the time and I'm, it makes me happy to do so. So anyway, if, if you sit down and you realize, huh, I actually don't really know what I should be doing. Well, reach out to me, I'll help you. I'll help you figure it out. Now let's say you sit down and you actually do know what you should do. You're able to really nail it down. You go, okay, I know now. I've got to do, I want to do 30 minutes of Duolingo every day. I want to do 20 minutes of speaking or 30 minutes of speaking practice twice a week. I want to do once a week or twice a week of listening practice for 45 minutes. Cool. 
I've got my resources listed out. I know exactly what they are. I know what I want to do. I've got a plan set up. Yes, now I know what I should be doing. Next, you probably want to make a note. Maybe you know this, but you likely want to write down what you currently are doing. So you might take the next two weeks and actually track what you currently do. In fact, that might even be a, first, a nice first step before you even sit down to go, what should you do? A good baseline of what you are currently doing is a great place to start. So once you have that, you now know what you're currently doing. You've identified very clearly what you should be doing in your mind, whether that be with my help or on your own. Now you can see what the gap is. You can say, okay, the gap is I need to do an extra five hours of listening or whatever it is. Everyone will have different gaps, but you've identified the gap in clear terms. It must be measurable. Measure it in hours and minutes. Minutes and hours and minutes. You want to you want to measure it like that and be very specific. Picture it like a business sales target or something like that. Very seriously, right? It doesn't have to be a big target, by the way. You can be very casual about your language learning, but I do believe it'll be beneficial for many of you to, if you're a serious, even if you're, a, how do you say this? Even if you're not doing a lot of study and you, you identify for yourself that you're gonna do two hours a week or one hour a week or heck, one hour a month for all I care. I think it's important to be clear on that, okay? <clears throat> so now you know your gap. Here's what I should do, here's what I'm doing now. Next, you have to ask yourself, as I said earlier, what would you actually do? Because there's no way in hell, especially if the gap between what you're doing now and what you should do, if there's a big gap, there's no way in hell you're going to go and overnight start doing what you should do. That, that's not how things work. You will be a terrible master for yourself, meaning you're just going to beat yourself up and you're not going to be very nice to yourself. And you're also going to be a terrible worker because even though you're being beat up and you're beating yourself up, you're not going to go do any extra studying. So that's not very productive. Don't do that. You have to ask yourself what minuscule 1% step would I actually do? What would you actually do? So let's play here, okay? Let's 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 play out a scenario. You've realized you want it, you realize that in your mind, you've decided, because you get to pick this, you've decided for yourself, okay, I need to do, I should be doing 10 hours of study a week. You track how much time you're doing for the next two weeks, and you realize you're doing I don't know, half an hour a week. So you're way off what you think you should be doing. So then you go, okay, well, I'm doing half an hour a week. Would I be willing to do an extra two hours next week? Would I be willing to get to two and a half hours? You think to yourself, nah, I can't do that. Okay, I wouldn't do that. Because you got to be honest with yourself. Then you go, would I be willing to do an extra hour? So I do 90 minutes? And you might go, Nah, I don't think I'm disciplined enough. I couldn't do that. So you might go, okay, well, would I do an extra 15 minutes? You might go, well, I could do an extra 15 minutes. That's not that hard. I can do that. Okay. And then next week you do 45 minutes instead of 30 minutes. You're 15 minutes closer to your 10 hour goal. Great. Now you might go, okay, well, I did 45. Oof. Could I do an hour next week? I don't know. Oof. Could I do 50 minutes? Oh yeah, I could do 50. And then you do 50. And you gradually build your way up because here's what here's the here's the coolest thing. I, I experience this all the time and I see it with people all the time. 
you build momentum. Those incremental small changes helps you build momentum. And suddenly, even though week one to week two, you might have only done an extra 15 minutes, which by the way, if you were only doing 30 minutes and now you did 45, that's a 50% improvement. That's huge, actually. You might think to yourself, it's only 15 minutes. But if you were doing 30 minutes and you went to 45 every week, that's a 50% improvement. That's a big step forward, even though you might think it's only 15 minutes. And you have to realize that it's like, if you know anything about finance, it's like compound interest. As you make incremental progress, the increments of your progress get bigger. They get bigger. You progress more faster week by week because you can handle more. You become more skilled, you become more diligent, you are able to take more on your plate, you get into good routines, you get into good habits, you start feeling good because you're actually moving forward. And that compounds, man. It compounds. It really does. I'm feeling it a lot. I'm feeling it in small ways in my life now. Not anything major, nothing major right now. But boy, does it compound. Uh, I'll, I'll share the following with you. It's been interesting to me how in the past, I want to say the past two months, I've been focusing in my business life, and my professional life, I've been focusing a lot on being very clear. Everything we're talking about today, being hyper clear on what my goals are, what exactly what they are. And I have a very big document. There are probably, God, there's five major goals on this document I have, but they're these sky high goals that are so big and in my mind they're so big and I can't really understand what they mean and they're so ambitiously high they probably aren't to be honest but when I think about them for me considering where I am considering my skill set how diligent I am they seem like these lofty very high goals but then I've broken them down I've broken that I've broken them down into sub goals into every single step I would have to do to to get to those larger goals there are probably 72 things on this document that I have. That's a lot. And I'm going to add more as time goes on because some of the steps I put on need to be broken down into smaller steps. I would not be surprised if I end up with like 192 things, little steps on this document. Okay. Um, for many, it can be, if you were to look at the document, you actually might think it's overwhelming. For me, it's not, but but the reason it's not is because I just pick small, I, all I do is I say, what would I be actually willing to do on this? So far I've crossed off six things or eight things or something like that, not that many, that I've actually done and accomplished and moved forward on. But it's crazy that just being super clear on what my, what my goals are for my life, being very clear on them, being as clear as I possibly can about breaking that, those bigger goals down into smaller goals. And by the way, the goals are wrong sometimes, meaning I think it's the right goal. And then a month later I realize, ah, I, I didn't quite think of this. I got to tweak this. Oh, that's not quite right. Oh, right. I got to think of that. So things are moving, things are in flux, but aiming at something is better than not aiming in my perspective. And then there's every single step broken down and some of them are, boy, they're real small. They're real small. Literally one of the things in the personal section of this document, this might be embarrassing to even say out loud, but it was literally to make my sister's lunch every day. My sister has, uh, she's disabled and uh, typically, uh, typically mom makes her lunch. And I thought to myself, one of the goals I have on the, on the page is 
reducing my mom's stress. Uh, and there's things that there's a lot that she has to do to reduce her stress. She's not like the most. I mean, it's a long story, but I want to basically contribute to making sure that she's in a good place emotionally, not overstressed and things like that. And a lot of that is not in my control, but there's certain things I can do. And I thought to myself, well, I can do a couple of extra things to help her out. So I thought if I make my sister's lunch, that's one thing off of my mom's plate. So that's literally one thing on my page. And I remember when I crossed, and now I do it pretty, I'm pretty consistent with it. But I remember having to cross that off. It felt like this huge, it felt like a huge task. And I was avoiding it for a while until I finally thought, you know what? I would do that. Yeah, I would do it. And it's been interesting to me that each little thing I cross off and each little tiny habit I change, each little habit that gets changed, each step forward has made a huge difference. Um, I have two pretty cool job opportunities, which it's amazing. I've literally just told two people, two people, hey, this is what I want. Boom, clearly. And they're both, one of them's actually, well, on the fence, we'll see. One's like, cool, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, really? Like, I was shocked, actually. When do you walk into a job interview and be like, hey, actually, so this is what I want exactly. Da, 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 da. I've thought about your company. I've thought about my needs. I've just broken it down. Here's what I want. I mean, this is what I'll take. And it's within five, 10 minutes, you find out if it's going to be a great fit or not. And the guy's like, yeah, sounds great. There's another company I've, that I'm also talking with now too. So that's really cool. I can't believe it. In my business, I've been able to increase my my uh, my average transaction size by uh, oh, is it twenty? It's twenty to twenty-five percent. My average transaction size has increased by twenty to twenty-five percent, which is crazy. It's crazy to me. And that's happened by careful planning dissecting the problem, small steps that I choose to take, and I'm baffled. I'm like, wow, the average transaction size has gone up by 25%. That's, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. That's, that's huge. That's so cool. That's so cool. And here's the best part of it. This is the craziest part because I'm, um, it's very important to me that, that what I charge students is, is, a. Uh, it's, it's a fair price. Like, I, I want to make sure it's something that, you know, how do I say this? Um, I want to make sure that I'm, man, this is tough to say. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to help language learners out. I want to make sure I do a lot of things for free or very low cost. Um, and I also want to make sure I do things at a fair market price. And I'm not in the business of gouging people in their wallet and such. That's just not what I, that's not how I am. And so the cool thing is not only, this is the craziest thing. The average transaction size has gone up by 25%. And yet my price point for lessons is not, it's slightly, is it higher? It's basically the same as it was before. All I was able to do is restructure how I price it. And people are now paying for more lessons up front. And here's the crazy thing to, to draw it full circle. I know I'm going on lots of tangents, but to draw it full circle, do you know how my average transaction size has gone up by 25%? Now, when I talk to people, by the time they're done talking to me in my initial consultations, they know precisely how long it's gonna take them to learn their language. They know exactly what steps they need to take based on their lifestyle, their learning needs, their learning style. They know precisely, step by step by step by step by step. They know, they know exactly what needs to be done. 
I've told him, if you want additional support from me, this is, there's an option to pay us. If you think you can handle this on your own, then by all means, off you go. And I sincerely wish you the best of luck. And because people realize, ah, I have an eight-month journey in front of me. Ah, I have a three-year journey in front of me. Ah, I have an eight-year journey in front of me. Ah, I have to do this two hours a week for two more years. Okay, cool. Ah, I got to listen to these videos. Ah, I got to do this. Ah, I've got to do that. Ah, this is what I have to do. Because they're so clear, for those students that do choose to pay me for that extra support, you know, to really all but guarantee they get to their desired level of proficiency, they're willing without me even fighting for it. Like they're just willing to pay me up front for more lessons than they used to be. People used to pay up front for two months at a time, three months at a time, something like that. But now that students know, ah, this is a two year journey, I have discounts for purchasing lessons more in bulk. Um, and I've always had that, but people always opted to pay for the lower amounts. Now people opt to pay for six months of lessons. I don't even ask them to, they just do. I'm like, oh. So the price point's basically the same. I think I increased it by like 10 bucks or something. It wasn't that much. I increased by a tiny bit, not by very much though. Um, I didn't increase by that much, but people opt to pay for like six months in advance. Most of the time. Why? I think it's because it's the clarity aspect. That's my hypothesis. The only thing I've really changed. It's the biggest thing I've changed. Everything else is kind of the same. And now people are going, I, mean, I updated my website. Maybe that's it. Who knows? It looks a bit different than it used to, but who the hell knows? But I think that's one of the key things. One of the key things. That they're like, ah, this is a 10 month journey. I may as well pay up front for six months because it's a pretty big discount to do so. Okay, let's do it. So my average transaction size has gone up by 25% in my business from clarity very clear on what the goals are, what are the steps I think I need to take, and I'm often wrong about those steps, but hey, it's better to take wrong steps and realize they're wrong and learn from it than to take no steps. But you take those steps, you do your best, be very clear, ask yourself, what should I do? What am I doing now? And what would I actually do? What small steps would I take to move towards the ideal of, in my mind, what I should be doing? And if you're consistent with that, magic happens. It's magical what happens. It's absolutely mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. I cannot believe, guys, that I, I cannot believe that the interview I had for the job interview, I cannot literally, I told the individual that was interviewing me, I told him, part-time job, oh, could turn a, tur could turn into more than just a small part-time thing, but regardless, I told him, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Boom, 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 boom. I would like, I told him I would like probably a two to two to four month contract initially. I think it needs to be about five hours a week of work. I would like to help with uh, these specific responsibilities. My hope after the two to four months is that we can reevaluate to see how well we work together, um, to see if it makes sense to keep working together. If it does and we extend the contract, that's wonderful. But I do want to know that, the, I do want you to know that before we even start working together in the medium and long term, I would like to move into these specific kinds of roles. I list them out. Most of them are op business operations related. I'd like to move into these roles. Um, here's how I'd want that to look. That's what I want to do. And he's like, okay, yeah, cool. Sounds great. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I can't believe it. Clarity is so powerful. Boy, oh boy. Clarity is so powerful. Anyway, let's wrap it up here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and uh, we'll speak soon. Bye for now.